You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. Welcome to this week's edition of the GDPR Weekly Show. And as normal, I'd like to start with a shout out to our new listeners. And this week we have new listeners in Chelmsford, in Reading, in London, in Birmingham, in Newcastle-upon-Tyne, Nottingham, Southampton, Ipswich, Darlington, Cardiff, Bristol, Hull, Swansea, Portsmouth and Leeds. And then across the continent we have new listeners in Aragon in Spain. And in further afield we have new listeners in Tamil Nabu in India and Shiba in Japan and Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. And then across the pond, our friends in the USA, we have new listeners this week in Iowa, in California, Connecticut, Georgia, Hawaii, Illinois, Kentucky, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York, Texas, Virginia, and Washington State. So once again, this week a whole load of listeners right across the world, and a big welcome to all of you. And of course, as always, thank you for listening. And thank you for listening, of course, too, to all of our regular listeners who I really appreciate you taking half an hour out of your week to catch up with the latest news on GDPR. There's now almost 700 of you as regular listeners, so it's great to have you there. And uh, please do let me have any feedback that you have on the programme, any ideas you might have for future editions of the programme or things you'd like to see or people you'd like me to interview please send them to uh, podcasts at insurety.co.uk. That's podcasts with an S at ensurety.co.uk. Or you can find a link to send me a message on our insurety.co.uk website. Just go to the podcast page there and you'll find all the details. Um, Please do send me your your messages. I do read every single one of them. I can't promise to get back to you individually on every single one because of the volume we receive. But I do absolutely read them all and we do take your comments into account when we're planning future editions of the show. So, another packed show coming up for you this week and in a few moments I'll be giving you a list of contents of what's in this week's episode. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. So, coming up in this week's episode of the GDPR Weekly Show, we're going to spend a bit of time looking at the results of a major survey that's been conducted by the American law firm DLA Piper, who've conducted a wide-ranging survey into GDPR across the EU. So, we've got an article that introduces that to you, and then we have a top 20 countdown of the data breaches reported per 100,000 population of countries across the EU. And then we take an in-depth look at some of the other findings of the DLA Piper report. Then we have an article on Cisco and Apple and their requests to establish a equivalent law in the US to that which the EU and the UK have under GDPR. 
And then our final item this week is a look at a new um, email system or messaging system from a company called Inigo. Uh, the system is called Unipass MailLock and we've had an opportunity to have a look at the system and review what it's capable of doing and so we hope you find that interesting. So again a mixed bag and a packed episode of the GDPR Weekly Show. We hope there's something there for everyone and uh, please do as always get in touch with us if there's anything that comes to mind that you'd like us to change or to cover. But for now, here we go with this week's episode of the GDPR Weekly Show. Check us out on Facebook. We're going to spend quite a bit of this uh, week's episode looking at a survey released this week by DLA Piper, um, who conducted a wide-ranging survey into GDPR across Europe. And I thought you'd be interested to learn some of the outcomes of this report which does provide an interesting insight into just how GDPR is developing across Europe and perhaps give some pointers on things that we've mentioned in previous episodes of the GDPR weekly show which we've said where although the whole of Europe is following a common path and a common set of rules in terms of data protection with GDPR the actual implementation of those rules and the level of fines and penalties in particular that are being imposed by the different um, ICOs across the EU and the UK are very inconsiderably. So, as the first part of that, I'm going to give you a quick top 20 rundown of the... Um, Number of data breaches reported per 100,000 population. So it, rather than giving number of breaches as a, as a whole number, breaches per 100,000 means we've got a true comparator across the different countries. So that'll be coming up in just a few seconds. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. So the top 20... Uh, data breaches per 100,000 people as found out for the DLA Piper GDPR report. Start by saying that which countries don't even make it into the top 20 and those are perhaps not something you'd expect especially given last week's um, mega fine onto Google because the countries that don't make it into the top 20 are France, Portugal, Spain Romania, Italy and Greece. All of those have less than two data breaches per 100,000 population reported. So into the top 20 itself then and at number 20 we have the Czech Republic with 2.7 data breaches per 100,000 population and level with them Hungary with 2.7. And then in 18th position, we have Latvia with 2.8. And equal with them, we have Cyprus in 17th. In 16th, we have Belgium with 3.6 data breaches per 100,000 population. 
and in 15th place we're down to Poland um, with 5.7 breaches per 100,000 population. 14th we have Austria 6.6 .6 breaches per 100,000. Iceland 7.2 breaches per 100,000. Norway 15.2 breaches per 100,000. Germany 15.6 breaches per 100,000. And in the United Kingdom, 16.3 breaches per 100,000. And that brings us to position 10. So we actually just make it into the top 10 in the UK with 16.3 data breaches per 100,000 population. Then in ninth position, we have Malta with 22.3. Sweden in eighth with 24.9. Luxembourg a seventh with 33, Slovenia a sixth with 35.2, Liechtenstein is 38.9 per 100,000, puts them into fifth position. So in the top five, Liechtenstein in position five, in fourth is Finland with 45.1, third is Denmark with 53.3. Second is Ireland with 74.9, perhaps reflecting the number of uh, worldwide data companies who have their European base in Ireland. And then in top position with 89.8 .8 data breaches reported per 100,000 population is the Netherlands. Um, so some surprises there, I think, in the spread. I think it's good that in the United Kingdom we uh, are in 10th position. I'd like to have seen us lower, but 10 is not too bad. But obviously the top three there, Denmark, Ireland and the Netherlands. Um, and let's say Ireland has lots of European bases of, of data companies, so perhaps that's not so surprising. But Denmark and the Netherlands were perhaps more of a surprise to be there right at the top. So an interesting set of figures, and I'm sure that we'll have another survey in a year's time, which will give us some figures to compare to, but perhaps it just shows where maybe the uh, knowledge of the population is higher. But I don't think that explains it all, because if that were the case, then France and Spain would certainly have made it into the top 20. So is it just that their systems are better and their companies are better and they're not having the data breaches? Or, if I was to say a cynical view on it, is it that they're being more lax in actually reporting those data breaches? Who knows? Um, but I say some figures there and we're going to look now into some further figures that have come out from this report of things which I think will be of interest to you. Check us out on Facebook. Just a reminder that as well as the podcast, we now have our own Facebook group. Please do pop along and see us there at https colon slash slash www.facebook.com slash groups slash GDPR weekly show. That's always one word, GDPR weekly show. And uh, do please come and join the group and follow the discussions that are going on. You're listening to the GDPR weekly show with your host, Keith Budden. So we just had the top 20 breakdown uh, 
equalised out by taking it as number of data breaches per 100,000 population. But what does that mean in actual numbers? Well, across the whole of the EU, uh, we've had in the period between the 25th of May last year and the end of January this year, which is the period covered by this survey, there were just over 59,000 data breaches notified to regulators right across the EU. And these range from minor breaches such as emails sent to the wrong person to the major cyber hacks and the major data breaches which we've covered in previous episodes of the GDPR Weekly Show. So things like the Google data breach um, and the Charphone Warehouse data breach, etc. The Netherlands, Germany and the UK in num pure number terms were the top three in terms of data breaches notified. Netherlands had 15,400 data breaches, Germany 12,600 and the UK 10,600. The countries with the fewest breaches were Cyprus, Iceland and Liechtenstein. Cyprus during the course of the year reported 35 breaches, Iceland reported 25 breaches and Liechtenstein reported 15 breaches. Again, that's quite a high number for Liechtenstein based on the size of the population, but of course a lot of financial companies operate out of Liechtenstein and so I suspect that's why the number of data breaches there is proportionately high. So really interesting to see how those are breaking down. Now taking all of that and taking the fact that there have been uh, 59,000, just over 59,000 data breaches across the whole of Europe in the period in question, how many fines have there been? Well, surprisingly, the number of fines is not that high. The number of fines so far is 91. And remember, that's right across the EU and the UK. So 91 reported fines so far. The highest of which being the 50 million euro fine, which um, the French ICO imposed on Google. And as you'll know, if you've listened to us for the last few weeks, um, Google is currently appealing that fine. So what are some other fines? Well, in Germany, a company that failed to secure employee passwords, which resulted in a security breach, uh, was fined 20,000 euros. And uh, the same German Data Protection Authority, the same German ICO, imposed an 80,000 euro fine in January this year for a company that published people's house data on the internet. And German authorities say they've also imposed quite a number of other fines, but those were the substantial ones. One which has come to light, which I thought was worth taking notice of, was in Austria, where a company was fined 4,800 euros for having a CCTV system which was filming a public pavement, a public sidewalk, uh, and 
there were no signs to warn people that CCTV was in operation and that they may be filmed whilst they were walking down the, this pavement. And so I think just a point of note there, because CCTV now is becoming clearer in how it is being covered in uh, GDPR. And one of the things there that obviously is important is that if you have a CCTV system, just make sure that you do have signs that are clear as to what it's recording and where people can go if they want to see what's been recorded about them, etc. Um, Cyprus has fined four companies so far, and four might not sound that many, but I'm remembering that they've only had 35 data breaches. So that's sort of 10% of the, of the companies who've had a breach have been fined. And we don't know details of the individual fines, but the total value of the fines is in the order of 11,500 euros. And one which perhaps came as a surprise, but we don't know the actual figure in terms of money, is Malta. Because Malta reported that they'd had 17 companies who they'd fined. Now, Again, I suspect this is because a number of online gambling uh, companies operate out of Malta. And so it may well be that the actual data breaches occurred elsewhere. And it's just because that's where they chosen to register with the ICO that the Maltese ICO has picked up on that. So it's just some... Uh, some interesting facts there for you and we're going to dig a bit deeper into this report in the next few weeks and no doubt come back with a future report into a future episode of the uh, GDPR weekly show and I'm hoping to get to speak to someone from DLA Piper um, to, just to get their insights on quite what they found and was it in line with what they were expecting. But if you've got any feedback on these uh, survey findings please do drop us a line, drop us an email to podcasts at insurety.co.uk. That's E-N-S-U-R-E-T-Y dot You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. We've mentioned before on the GDPR Weekly Show about how GDPR is becoming the bedrock or the um, model for data protection regulations around the world and you know we've previously mentioned about South Africa we've mentioned that Japan has now got laws very closely based on GDPR uh, Brazil again is another country that's very closely followed the GDPR model and in the US California a state law which is very much followed GDPR and it's interesting to note this week that both Apple and Cisco, Cisco being the uh, major US IT company, have both come out calling for an American GDPR. Um, because they recognise that GDPR is widely perceived amongst businesses and large corporations now that it's settled down as largely being a positive thing. And that's something that obviously we ourselves have been very clear to put over to people that, you know, do not see the implementation of GDPR as a business overhead, see it as a business opportunity. 
and it's great i think that if the us as a as a obviously a much bigger body than the uk and the eu but if they can come on board too and we can get a common set of data privacy standards right across the board then that has to be good for everyone because it simplifies things so from a business perspective that should save money ultimately and from a consumer perspective it means wherever they're dealing with across the world they can be confident that their data is being looked after just as well as it would if it had been in the UK or elsewhere in the EU. The sticking point at the moment though we're getting it into the US is that there are various organizations in the US and not just Google but Google obviously leading this charge who like a lot of what's in GDPR and want to adopt a lot of it what they don't like and perhaps again they, they're misunderstanding because we covered this in a previous episode of the show too um, is the right to be forgotten because they've had so many requests to be forgotten at Google and they've actioned them as best they can and they've removed relevant people from the search results and so gradually people are not appearing in the search results in Google because they've told Google they want to be forgotten but it's created Google a lot of work and so Google are saying they would actually like to see GDPR or its equivalent in the US but without the right to be forgotten to have that removed or if it can't be removed in its entirety then we're at least removed in terms of internet search engines um, so I think that's one that's going to develop in the coming months and as we get more news from the US side of the pond we will bring that to you so that we can update you on what's happening with US data laws obviously we, we you know we have the US EU US privacy shield at the moment which a lot of companies are using and indeed we've helped a number of companies ourselves to get everything they need in place to be compliant under the EU US privacy shield or also the EU Switzerland privacy shield and uh, presumably it will, there'll soon be a UK US privacy shield because we whilst we're covered by the EU privacy shield until Brexit and uh, assuming we don't just um, drop out of Brexit but we actually leave in an orderly fashion then those requirements under the EU US privacy shield will stay in place until the end of 2020 but nonetheless we will need something to take over from there um, so again that's something we'll bring you an update on in a future episode of the GDPR weekly show Brexit as with everything um, is one of those all overarching things at the moment as any of you based in the UK or EU will know you're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. We had an interesting new service to review this week. Um, it's from a company called Origo, O-R-I-G-O, and they've partnered with ID Authentication Specialist Beyond Encryption to launch a GDPR-compliant email messaging system primarily aimed at financial advisors with their clients and their providers but doubtless it could be used across other industries too 
email to us is a bit of the or can be the weakest link in terms of data and in terms of getting that data securely although most email now can operate over SSL but nonetheless you know opportunities are there for it to all become a bit of a mess a bit unencrypted and uh, so this new system called uh, Unipass Mail Lock enables advisors to securely communicate with their clients from their desktop, from their laptop, from their tablet, and even from their mobile phone. The other thing which we were particularly taken with with the Aregio system was, or the Unipass Mail Lock system from Aregio, was that from an audit perspective, it keeps a clear log of what's happened. So it keeps a log of what messages have been sent, to who, from who, when they were opened, if it was replied to, etc. Now, okay, you can argue where you can get that from your mail server, but your general mail server is probably handling lots and lots and lots of other email and junk and spam and advertising and of course junk and spam and advertising should become a lot less now in the world of GDPR but we all know that they still happen um, whereas this gives a much clearer trail why is that important well it's important in two ways I think one it means that if there is an audit of that company then it's much easier to produce uh, details of what's been sent to whom and when and why but the other issue as well, where I think this could come in useful, is where someone receives a, da a data subject access request, because remembering that you only have 30 days to respond to that request. And finding emails tends to be the bit that takes the bulk of that time, because typically what will happen is, in our experience, is that a message will go out from the... Uh, person dealing with that data subject access request which might be the DPO for data protection officer for that company if they have one or it might just be their IT manager or it might be their head of service or whoever anyway they send a message out to all the staff saying please can you have a look through all your emails to see if you've had any emails that mention Mrs Jones and if you do then can you send them to me so that they can be collated into one email to be sent back to Mrs Jones because she's made a data subject access request. Uh, that can be, in our experience, a massively time-consuming piece of work. Now, don't want people to think it's impossible because it isn't, because also there's the thing of using best endeavours. But... Nonetheless, it is still a considerable task to work. Whereas, if you have an audit system such as that provided by Unipass Mail Lock, and in the interest of um, transparency, I should say that we're not receiving any payment or commission from uh, Unipass Mail Lock. It does just appear to be a good system. It means that it's much simpler because it's all there, it's all audited, put in the details, put in the relevant person, pull out all the messages. Where, when, was it opened, what did it say? Very simple, few minutes work, 
could be a big time saver. And our initial impressions are that we like it. So if you want to know any more about it, then just hunt out Arigo on uh, the web and uh, read more about their system. But as I say, we, we think it's a system well worth investigating and we will are planning to dig a bit deeper into it. And again, I'm hoping to get someone from Arigo uh, onto a few episodes of the GDPR Weekly Show to just say a little bit about their system, what prompted them to create it, what problems they found, if any, with using it, and what benefits their customers are finding from using it. If you have a product you'd like us to review on the GDPR Weekly Show, then please just drop us a line at podcasts at insurability.co.uk and we'll be very happy to take a look at your product and if we think it's appropriate, then we will quite happily mention it in a future episode of the GDPR Weekly Show and uh, promote it out to our listeners. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. So that brings us to the end of this week's episode of the GDPR Weekly Show. I hope you found it useful. I hope you found it entertaining. Please do let me know. Let me have your feedback by sending an email to podcast.insurity.co.uk. You can find out more about us at Insurity at www.insurity.co.uk. And I look forward to speaking to you again, same time, same place, next week. Have a good week, everybody, and remember, keep your data safe. Check us out on Facebook. The GDPR Weekly Show is an insurability production. Follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash insurity.